Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Tech Authority podcast presented by Aussie IT Solutions. In this week, we're talking about backup strategies and how to backup and restore your data, which is pretty cool. Uh, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to talk about some free tools in Windows. We're also going to talk about uh, some backup strategies as well. So you get to understand how to do things properly. So here's the first lot of tools that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the tools inside Windows on the free tools that are available to you in Windows. So there's there's quite a few of them. Um, if you've got Windows 7, you've got backup and restore in the control panel icon. And it's a really, really simple process on backing up your data. You can uh, go through a wizard, which is a step-by-step -step process that will allow you to uh, select what you want to back up or whether you want to let Windows do it for you or you can select it individually. Um, you've also got that available not only just in Windows 7, but in Windows 10 as well. Um, there's another program called File History, which is uh, in Windows 8, 8.1 and Windows 10. And what that does is it allows you to capture a backup on another hard disk inside your computer or an external hard disk outside of your computer. Um, as long as it's plugged in via USB, then it's available. It should allow it to then basically snapshot what you've got in your Windows library. Um, this is a, uh, a really, really good tool to have uh, because not only will it uh, run when, you're, when the computer's turned on, um, but you can schedule it to run anytime with the scheduler, similar to what the backup and restore thing does, is that it's doing it on a local disk. Um, I use this in Windows 10 for a daily backup and we're doing this live. Uh, so the way that the file history works is that it captures the inside the Windows library. Um, hey, Lester. Uh, the file history captures all of the stuff in your Windows library. So it captures your desktop, your documents, your downloads, your music folder, your pictures, folder and your video captures. Um, so if you go into your into your C drive where you have your Windows installation, you've got a users folder and whatever your username comes up with, my name is Andrew. So my default username is Andrew and uh, it's got a whole bunch of uh, uh, folders that it's capturing. So not only does it capture the main files that I just mentioned, but it captures other things like your contacts and your searches and your saved games and your tracing folder or your OneDrive folder, which is really handy. Um, file history is one of those things that is only just been released in the last couple of versions of Windows, but it's, it's great because what it does is it allows you to um, not only capture the file, but when you make changes to the file, if you make a wrong change, and you go, oh, I've made a mistake. I've edited the, the wrong file and I've saved over to the top of it. You can actually go back and restore it to the previous version, which is really, really handy. Um, the next tool that I want to talk about is called Shadow Copy. 
Now, shadow copy is similar to file history in the way that allows you to go back to a previous version. But um, the way you do that is when you're on a folder or on a particular file, you can actually go right-click the file or the folder, click on properties, and if you click on the tab that says previous versions, it's got a list of all of the times that it has been kept for. So any change that has been made, you can restore back to the previous version. You can open the, the file or the folder and it'll open and, and it'll show you the list of all the files that are there that have been either changed or removed or added to. And you can then go back and restore that as well, which is really, really, really cool. The next tool that I want to talk about is Robocopy. Now, this uh, tool is a command line tool. So similar to what you used to be able to do with DOS. Um, this requires a little bit of time and effort to get going, but it's a really, really great tool. And it's used a lot in the IT industry for doing <coughs> quick backup and restore items. So we, uh, when, we, when we use this tool, um, Usually it's over a network or over a, a local copy. Like if you had a, a USB drive or a network, like on a server or uh, from a PC to a server, this backup tool allows you to type in all the stuff that you want to back up. So all the folder names. It's a little bit tedious, but it's a great tool because you can actually automate it with the task scheduler as well, which is very, very, very handy. Uh, so when you type in all the folders that you've got, being a, a command line interface rather than a clickable interface, it's a little bit difficult. So if you're used to typing out commands and putting them all together, this is probably a, a really, really good tool to have. Not only can you uh, copy to like another hard disk, for example, so going from C to D or C to E if it's a USB drive, um, as long as you've got enough space, it'll actually copy everything and you can see it all going down the screen as it's copying each file and it tells you the progress of the um, percentage on how things are going across as each file copies. Um, but you can automate it too. So in the control panel in Windows, you've got the option to go into task scheduler, which is in the administrative tools and uh, what this does is that it allows you to schedule the time on when you want the backup to occur. So in a similar type of thing with the backup and restore option that you have in the control panel in Windows, you've got a similar type of tool with the task schedule as well. You can tell at what time that you want it to run. So if you want it to run at 8 o'clock in the morning when you first turn on your computer, which is probably not recommended, but you could do that if you wanted to. Um, you can do that and you can basically say, okay, run this program this, at this particular time and it will run the backup for RoboCopy, which is really, really great. The other thing that's good about this is that it's a really handy tool, apart from being handy, um, it's really easy to manipulate. So you can see what files and folders are actually being copied. And when it copies to the 
location that you want it to copy to is that the difference between the backup and restore option in the control panel compared to RoboCopy is that you can actually see what files are being copied, but in the location that it's being copied to, you can see all the directories that you see in the original location that you can open and see all the files and folders inside. Where with the backup and restore in the control panel, it uses a compressing format and it zips up individual files and spreads them across so many different files, it's not funny, um, to the point where it's really hard to find things. Um, RoboCopy is great and it's probably a better tool than the backup and restore feature in control panel. Okay, now we're going to go on to strategies about backing up your computer. We talked about um, file history just a few minutes ago, which is allowing you to uh, basically copy individual folder, files and folders to another hard disk. And this is an option that can be turned on through Windows, um, through the control panel, or through the settings in Windows 10. <coughs> and what this does is that it basically copies the files folders without you having to do it. It does it automatically. It's a scheduled process through Windows. And you can tell it to keep it however long you want. So if I just right click, go into settings here on Windows 10. So if you go into settings and go into update and security, you've got the option for backup in there. And file history is the top option. Now that's automatically backing up my files at the moment. If you go into more options, you can actually see what folders are actually being copied at the moment. So I've got my, these folders being uh, backed up. I've got my downloads, <coughs> I've got my favorites, I've got my desktop, I've got my pictures, I've got my documents, videos, save pictures, and my music folder that's in a different location on my computer. Now, I'm backing my files up daily and I'm going to keep my backups for three months. I got the option to keep it for one month or until space is needed, uh, six months, nine months, a whole year, two years or forever, which is by default. Now these options are subject to you. You can change whatever you want in there. This is a really good thing to do because having a local copy that you can go back to in case a virus infects your machine and with the new viruses that are coming through at the moment, when they're encrypting your files, the last thing that you want is to lose everything. So having a local copy is a good thing, but the other strategy is to have um, a couple of different hard disks that you back up to. Now, because I'm running a backup daily, I've got two hard disks in my computer. So I've got one that keeps my operating system on there, plus all of my software that I'm being that I'm using at the moment. And the other disk is just being used for file history only. Now it's recommended that it's better on an internal hard disk rather than an external hard disk. But the other way that you can do it, here's strategy number two, using the task scheduler 
to use RoboCopy instead of using file history. Once you have the, the batch file set up for RoboCopy, and it's copying all the files that you want it to copy, what you can do is you can schedule this to run whatever time you want, whether it's weekly or daily, and it's going to back up all the files. Now, the good thing with RoboCopy is that once it's backed up once, it doesn't have to recopy everything. It only recopies the files that are either new or that have changed in size. So if you've edited a file and you've added more stuff to the file, like a Word document, you've added pictures, you've added text, anything that's been changed and updated, it will then copy. And that's the only thing that it copies. It doesn't copy the whole lot again unless you copy it to a new hard disk. Um, so this is the strategy that I would use. I would use RoboCopy to back up to a local backup using an external hard disk like a USB hard drive or a network backup to another computer or to a network attached storage. And the way that you do this is that you run the shit one. Once you've run it once, you back up to one drive. I would then get another couple of drives and <coughs> rotate them. So the goal is to keep an active copy locally in your house or at your business and rotate them each week or month or whatever you want to do. But the idea is that every time that you create a backup, that you spread the data across multiple hard disks externally. Because what can happen is that if you have hardware failure, for example, and your hard disk blows up, or stops working and Windows doesn't work anymore, which is a common theme with Windows 10 and Windows 8, or if you're using a solid state hard disk, the solid state hard disk is, while it's a great thing to have, it's really quick. The thing is, is that they break. And once they break and they stop working totally, you can't get the data off, which is a real problem. So if you have everything stored on the main hard disk and <coughs> it happens that your hard drive breaks, then you've lost everything. So having a backup is really, really critical. Uh, and the reason why I would back it up over three drives is that I want to have a copy from a week-to-week -week basis that I can say all of these files are here on OneDrive. I've got all of my stuff backed up over a week or even a day. It depends on whatever choice you want to do. But I can then keep backing up to multiple hard disks and even if you have a week or a day out of place where something isn't working properly, you have a, a backup that you can restore to if your computer breaks. So even though it might be a week out or a day out or whatever, at least the data is consistent. And you can see over time, it's just a matter of plugging the disk in and going, okay, here are all my files. These are the files that I need. Copy them back to the computer once it's all fixed. Or if a virus gets through, like the, the new viruses that are through, coming through, when they encrypt your stuff, the only thing that you can do is delete the, the files that are encrypted. 
reimage the PC, which means rebuilding it, reinstalling Windows, reinstalling all the software that you're using, and then recovering the data. But once the data is encrypted, you can't do anything about it. It's not recommended that you pay the person who encrypted it because they're just getting free money for, for nothing. Um, having a backup strategy is really, really critical. Um, and what I recommend with the three disks, three USB hard disks or four USB hard disks that you have, is that you have one or two local sitting in your home or business. You have one off-site and one in a fireproof safe so that even though you've got to go to different spots to grab the disks, at least at some point, if you do have a problem where you need to restore your data, at least you know that you can access your data really easily and that it's not going to be a massive hassle. The next backup strategy is using a kind of like a server client backup where you're on a, a big corporate network or even a small to medium network um, using a program uh, called Dell Aperture. Now, Dell, the computer manufacturer, they have uh, software available that allows you to back up all of your computers across your network, all your server farm, everything. It's really, really easy to set up and it's a great product. It's really simple to use. Um, and what it allows you to do is that it can actually back up your entire server or PC, depending on what your broadcast or what you're um, using. It can work across VMware, it can work across Mac OS, it can work across uh, Windows and a whole bunch of other things. Um, what this allows for is easy backup and restore. So it's just a matter of opening the, the, the file that you want, mounting the, the drive, restoring the, the uh, data, but it also allows for offsite archiving as well. So once you have um, a server, I recommend getting Dell Aperture installed. It's not that much. I think it's maybe a few hundred dollars. I have to go look at the price, but if you look at Dell Aperture, um, Aperture being one word. Uh, <coughs> I have a client who uses this as well. And what we've done is we've set up it to back up three servers and we archive all of the data for a full backup and an incremental backup as well. So we do a full backup once a month and we do an incremental every three weeks. Now, the incremental means is that that's not a, a full server backup is only the data that's been uh, created in the last week that changes. So every week we do an incremental backup and then every full month, we once a month we do a full backup, which backs up the entire system, all of the data for one entire month. Now, we back archive the data off to a server that's in a different building on a network attached storage device. And uh, this is the best strategy for business. Having um, data recovery offsite storage is great. Because consider this, if your building catches fire and all of your stuff is in the same location, 
And if your server catches fire and then obviously gets damaged, all of your stuff is lost, including all of your data that's been backed up on the server. If it's off-site, it's easy to restore. It's just a matter of opening the stuff and bringing it across or maybe even once the machine is sorted, you can just basically transfer the data across the network again when everything's all set up and away you go. The next strategy that I want to talk about is cloud backup. And that's using a program called Carbonite. It requires a fairly decent internet connection because um, it uses a lot of data. Originally, when it first starts working, you need software to install from uh, the internet. So if you do a search for Carbonite through Google, you'll be able to find it. Now, it's a fairly pricey package and they give you a lot of storage online. It's a bit different to using uh, like OneDrive or Dropbox or something similar like that, Google Drive, because they don't really give you a huge amount of space. I think some of them only give you maybe up to one terabyte, which is not a huge amount of space if you think about it. I'm a photographer and I can take a whole lot of photos in a weekend. And when I'm using raw photos and JPEG photos, they take up a lot of space. And I could fill up easily maybe 128 gig in three days of taking photos. <coughs> if you do that long enough, you know, several events, it's enough to fill up uh, OneDrive or Google Drive or Dropbox within a small amount of time. With the Carbonite packages, they give you huge amounts of space, basically unlimited data. Um, but you need a lot of internet connection for it to work. Because if you want to restore it quickly, if you've got a slow internet service and you've only got five gig of data and you've got 200 terabytes sitting up on the um, Carbonite server, it's going to take a long, long time to download. It's going to lose all of your data package for the month. And... Um, it's just going to take a huge amount of time to download. And if you've got a slow internet connection, that's not re not recommended. So those are all the strategies that you have. Four strategies. I'm sure there's more with other packages that you can use. I'm going to open the floor up for questioning. And if you have a question, please put in your question into Twitter using using the hashtag Tech Authority, and I will answer your questions live. All right, I'm getting no questions, so we're going to end the podcast. Thanks very much for listening.